what his research has confirmed was that the number one indicator of divorce is contempt in response to especially argumentation. Hey guys, welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. My name is Steph Ganowski, and as a men's coach, I'm on a mission to help men prioritize themselves, take ownership over their challenges, set boundaries in their relationships, and much more, all while adding a female touch and perspective. I hope this podcast helps you. We need you men. And as a woman, I'm rooting for you. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I hope you had an amazing day. I I got a coffee like an hour and a half ago and it is 7 p.m. at night. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But now I'm like, woo, I have enough energy to record a podcast. So awesome. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys today about, uh, especially to those of you who are fearing a divorce in your near future, because I have a lot of you guys reach out to me feeling like, you know, our sex life is terrible. I feel like she's about to divorce me or we're on the brink of divorce. It's about to happen. I really don't like where we are right now. I, I just, it's not good, you know, and there's this stress upon a divorce potentially coming in the near future. So I want to provide you with um, some knowledge based on research and also a new skill set to implement into your marriage to keep you holding on. So what I what I came across from, if you guys are familiar with John Gottman, he's one of the most popular marriage therapists um, and researchers out there. He's been researching married couples for about 40 years now, probably more at this point. Um, awesome, awesome guy. Great speaker. Check out his TEDx or his TED talk. If you never have, he's, he's just great. So enthusiastic, loves what he does. It's, it's just, yeah, he's awesome. Obviously I'm obsessed. <laughs> so what he, what he has done, which is actually really cool is he's been able to predict um, divorce rates based on research he's done with couples and within 15 minutes, I think the research lasts for 15 minutes in terms of him um, interviewing a couple, like observing a couple. And he has a 93% success rate of knowing whether or not that couple is going to get divorced in a few years or stay together. And what his research has confirmed was that the number one indicator of divorce is contempt in response to especially argumentation. So contempt, let me pull up the definition here just so that I don't butcher it. Oh shit, am I still recording? I think I am. Yes. Okay. Um, the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless or deserving scorn. Okay. So it's, it's belittling, right? It's maybe mimicking, making fun of, using sarcasm, um, in response to an argument or conflict. So I want you to ask yourself right now, how likely am I to react to my partner with contempt in my marriage? How likely is she to react that way to me? Because that is a prime indicator of what leads to divorce. Because then it gets to the point of apathy and just not giving a fuck anymore, right? 
And what you want to do is pay attention to this communication issue. Because what a lot of men do will say, you know, we're not having sex. We're not having enough intimacy. You know, that means we're falling apart. How do I bring about more intimacy so that I don't lose her? And really it's, it's not so much about the intimacy or the sex. It's about the, the communication skills that you're lacking, the emotional connection in the communication that is disappearing. And if that disappears, of course the sexual connection will disappear. So you want to go back on focusing on that emotional connection. Um, what Gottman found based on the couples who stay together is how they diffuse argumentation. So how they, how they like deescalate it was the word I was looking for. So the couples that he predicted would stay together for years and years were able to have as many arguments because arguments are normal and they show, um, they are the parts of our relationships that help us grow and learn more about the other person and stand up for what we believe in and question our differences. So arguments are actually important and they, they could be really healthy and couples who are in a strong, um, communicative place in their relationship will often just, you know, have arguments, but, but say, oh, well, we don't really, we hardly ever argue, even though they do. And Gottman has, has observed this where couples would be in arguments. I believe this was an observation he had, because this is what he, he said that couples would, would be an actual, like, would, would be discussing differences in a matter of like conflict. Like the tonality was obviously disagreement and in conflict, but they didn't really count that as argument because of the way they diffused it together. So one way that successful couples um, diffused argumentation was injecting some humor and lightheartedness into what could be a very destructive um, conversation leading to contempt. So it, it, takes a, it takes a confident person and a very self, self-aware and um, emotionally aware person to be able to inject humor at the proper times in a serious discussion or what could be a serious discussion in regards to conflict. But this has really helped um, couples to have long-lasting communication and also long-lasting sex lives and marriages. So like I said, let's go back to asking yourself, how is this skill set going for you? First of all, how aware are you that in, in your marriage or in your relationship that contempt is present? And what can you do to pull away from that contempt and inject more of a, a viewpoint, maybe you're not ready for humor, but maybe you're ready for, for not being on the defensive mode, even though your partner is showing contempt. So if your partner is um, minimizing you, um, belittling you, I should say, it's very easy to belittle your partner back, right? Or to use sarcasm because you're trying to protect yourself from the hurt that they're projecting onto you. And when that happens, you have to do your best in terms of communicating from a standpoint of, I feel this way. You know, you're like, I'm feeling this. Do you think you can help me feel more of this? It's taking the blame away. It's taking the, the defensive feelings away. 
And what it actually does in turn is it makes your partner double think their own actions and communication because think about it. When you kill someone with kindness, in a sense, um, that person usually feels a little dumbfounded, like, or held back, like pulled back a little bit, like, oh, wow, like I was kind of a bitch or, all right, yeah, I was kind of a dick because they, they feel so opposite of how you responded that it doesn't really make sense or feel right to keep going in that direction because you're just so opposite of it. So it's kind of, I want to say, like, use the kill him with kindness mentality going into it because that just shows how the opposition actually makes your partner question their communication skills, if that makes sense. But, um, but it's having the strength to do that. It's having the confidence to be able to do that in the moment when you're being torn down, essentially, right? Um, and it's hard to respect someone who's not respecting you in the moment. It's very easy to just say, you know, monkey see, monkey do. You did this, so I'm going to do this to you. And that's where we typically tend to go, especially during argumentation, because we're trying to protect ourselves. So if someone's coming at us, we want to put up a shield and say something to block the pain. Um, but I want you to just be aware for now of the contempt that is present in your relationship with your partner. And if you're not married, um, and I should have phrased this in the beginning of the episode, <laughs> but if you're not married, this can still be helpful because even just realizing where there's contempt in other relationships in your life can give you a good indicator of where that relationship is headed, right? Where it potentially will go down the road if you keep up that, that contempt um, to one another in communication. And this is why I, I put out a poll today. Um, or did I put out a poll? No, I put out an Instagram post today. And what I was saying, based on the book I'm reading called Sexual Intelligence by Marty Klein... Um, was that, was that, uh, when it comes to enhancing, I mean, not enhancing, when it comes to encouraging your partner to want to have sex with you more, you know, that's a common question. Like guys will ask me, how can I get her to want to have sex with me more? And it's not so much about the sex at first, but it's about how do you enhance your relationship so that then the sex can enhance You know, you can only enhance your sex life if you first enhance your relationship, which means enhancing your communication skills. And sexual intelligence is actually broken down into um, emotional skill sets, I believe, being one of them, or like knowledge. Wait, let me see. I'm actually looking it up right now. Sexual intelligence equals information plus emotional skills plus body awareness, okay? So it's this really um, interesting, you know, maybe like a different understanding or viewpoint for you around, okay, what, is it, <clears throat> what does it mean to get my sex life back, back in order? Or how can I feel good about it again? You know, often we think, all right, well, if, my, if me and my partner are having normal sex, this many amount of times a week, that means I have a good sex life, right? And we go about it based on what we think is healthy or what we think we should be doing. When really, most of the time people have normal sex, they're still not satisfied. Um, And that's what this book talks about is like, you know, why are we aiming 
for this normalcy when most people who have sex normally are still not pleased or fully, fully satisfied. Um, so this is actually going into another topic here, but, but it's just the idea that, okay, before you jump into the, the sexual improvements, let's look at the emotional improvements. Let's look at your communication skills, because if you're, for instance, in a conversation and whenever things go downhill and you essentially are making fun of your partner, belittling your partner, they're going to want less sex with you, right? They don't feel vulnerable enough to open up to you in a sexual sense, especially women. Um, women especially need to be, need to feel an emotional vulnerability with their man in order to open up sexually. It just really is hard to happen one before the other. Um, You know, it's hard to, she can't open up sexually and then all of a sudden that opens her up more emotionally. Like that may happen, but there needs to be a certain amount of emotional safety for her to feel safe sexually. So this is just something to keep in mind. I'm talking pretty slow for being super caffeinated and maybe that's why (laughs) because I'm so caffeinated and I'm trying to like focus um but I hope this is this is making sense and that this is helping you and making you just a little more aware guys because what what this is about when it comes to what I'll be talking more of in terms of helping you in your sex life and how you feel about sex and how you identify with sex and how you define sex I wanna, I'm going to take you through a process of redefining, I hope, um, in the near future. But, but the first step is like, let's be aware of where you're at. And for all of you guys struggling in your relationships and getting nervous about her leaving you or knowing that your divorce is coming, now is the best time if you are trying to fix things and you do see room to fix things. Just know that arguments are normal. They are healthy. But what is not healthy is how you, how certain people respond to the argumentation. And that's what this whole study was about. Like happy couples had just as many arguments, but they didn't really consider them fights because of the way they de-escalated them together. And they did not, they were not in a place of contempt. Um, they respected one another. Um, they showed understanding, perspective, they use the words I feel instead of you do this, you do that. There was less blaming. There was more humor um, and lightheartedness, which, which diffused the, the situation as well. So a lot of it was in that, in that communication at the hard times. And that's what creates trust, right? Because when we, have, when we are at our vulnerable place of disagreeing and being in this place where we could be hurt and we know our partner won't hurt us, that creates such a safety and such a trust and, and essentially an attraction where it's like, hey, I trust you. I feel safe with you. We're emotional. We can handle emotional things, emotional disagreements. We made it through that and it was okay. You know, you didn't blame me. You didn't make me feel shitty. Um, and, and, you know, I appreciate that. And we don't say these things out loud, but this is essentially what happens with, with couples who, who move past it and who actually do keep a, a up, up to date, up to speed sex life. Um, 
So it's just a matter of like understanding, all right, where am I now in that aspect? And how can I, as an individual, remove myself from any contempt and really control that and be aware of that the next time I'm in a predicament where I could unravel it, especially based on what my partner's saying to me. So how can I do everything I can to diffuse that? And how can I even maybe call her out for something she's saying that's disrespectful and doing so in a, in a kind, gentle, respectful way to make her see that and understand that. Because often when we use contempt and you get in a pattern, you, you forget how you're actually treating someone because they're treating you the same way. So it's just this monkey see, monkey do, like I said, right? But when you can really um, call it out and make it known, it, it is a way to diffuse. And let me know if it works or if you're more aware of it. And I'll talk to you soon.